Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Following a nightmare season for the last place, Eagles, the players stood up with a five-point win over a fast-finishing North Melbourne, finally breaking a 16-game losing streak. Surely that will leave some pressure on the embattled club for at least another week at least. Anyway, it's good to have a win, and I welcome Dan and Wayne. How are you going, boys? Yeah, good day, uh, We're doing this again by Zoom. Um, I had a few car problems, so uh, hopefully we're in the studio next week. Guys, uh, before we get into the game, uh, let's thank Tom at Plus Fitness, Subeco, Hillary's, and Gina Lup as our sponsor. Go to Linktree where you can access our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can download any of the uh, episodes from there. Guys, did you remember the uh, words to the song there, Dan? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a short rendition, so that was all right. <laughs> it was very loud at the ground, so I can tell you that. Um, I think people were even singing the verse to the Birds of, Tok- uh, Birds of Tokyo's version, so um, it got a bit of a singing uh, there at the end, and um, it was good to see them get over the line by five points, eh, Wayne? Yeah, that, that, that was great. You know, we got to cherish the win. You know, it's a shame they stopped at the end. And uh, I think the young North Melbourne bloke, I think it was in the second quarter, he ran into that open goal and uh, and kicked, hit the post. So who knows? Things could have been different at the end. But no, you got to take the win, no matter no matter how how it ended. Well, Curtis was a man in question, and he had another yeah. shot there in the late in the last quarter that could have actually put him in front too. So um, he ran him up there for one quarter. Uh, Eagles. If you haven't been watching, go and watch the game. I watched it again when I got home. Ten goals, twelve to ten goals, seven. It was interesting watching it live than watching it on TV. It's a totally a different ball game. It's just you see things you don't see vice versa live. So um, we'll got, we'll cut through that. Uh, the goal scorers for the Eagles: Cripps to Allen to Dresser or Singles to Hunt, Hewitt, Darling, Long, O'Neill, and Betticelli. And North Melbourne Curtis had a four-goal second quarter. Uh, there, Ruckman, uh, Tristan Jerry got two. Larky got two late. David Junaki got one. And Turner got one. Um, 38,231 people at the stadium. Um, it sounded a lot, lot, uh, lot more there, guys. Um, we, we were good early. We had two leads at 31 points and two, and another one at 32 points. But North didn't give up. They kept coming back. What do you think about that, Dan? Uh, it was a bit of a funny game. All the goals seemed to be scored at one end, you know what I mean? You look at it, it's like we won the first quarter, North won the second quarter, we won the third quarter, North won the fourth quarter. And it was all one end. Like, if you didn't know any better, you'd swear there was a gale breeze. Um, but that's just the way it, it played out. And um, it was good to get the wing. It's it's made me nervous for the rest of the season because, as we touched on last week, we need that number one pick after this disastrous year. So we can't afford to win another game now. But it was great to get that win, um, much needed. And just the relief in the coach and the supporters as a whole was just, it was just amazing. And um, it shows, because I think I said this a while back that I watched Ruse and Hawks. I didn't feel like, even though like we're having these horrible losses, that we were as bad side. And as you touched on, 10-7 to 10-12, it wasn't as close as it looked, you know what I mean? 
Like we could have lost that game in the end, but we had a lot more scoring shots and got it in a lot more. I believe we got it in 60 times, which is um highest we had for the year. So I felt like even if we lost that going forwards, it still gives you that confidence that you could beat at least a team in the AFL, that you were the better team. You just didn't get the results. You just sprayed a bit more on goal and that was the outcome. Um, Wayne, there, um, I don't know if you noticed, but in the first half, North Melbourne seemed to dominate the stoppages and this is something that we've been on all year that we've hardly scored from stoppages. We scored our first six or seven goals from transition. It wasn't until the third quarter, and I've been banging on about this all year, that we need to add an extra person to the stoppages and we finally did it and we got on top. Uh, did you notice that in the third quarter? Yeah, definitely. Um, th- three things stuck out for me, um, or four things actually, because the stoppages was the big thing that in that first half that really stood out to me. I thought, God, we're, our transition work is really good, but our our work at the packs, and the one the bloke that did really try and stand out was Bailey Williams, I thought, in the stoppages. I agree with Dan was saying earlier, it was uh, yesterday that I thought he did a pretty good job in that area. But in the third quarter, I think Tim Kelly really took over in that area and got us going. And I think out of that 11 or 12 possessions that quarter, but th- th- that stood out to me. But the other three things that stood out to me was our young guys who stood up. I thought Jack Williams, you've been a big fan of him, was a. I think he did some really good stuff there. I think young Hewitt is showing he's going to be he's going to be class once he gets that maturity. He's going to be just top class. I think Chester's still got a way to go, but I think he shows enough. Brady Hoff still. To me, I mean, I, I just love that kid. He just never stops working. Noah Long, they just don't stop working. And Bungahern, I gave him on ground. I thought he had an outstanding game to play on a big guy like that. And he could quite easily go around again next year, bar it, you know, as long as his fitness. And my, my other big point there is if the bloody AFL give North Melbourne an extra bloody pick for Ben Mackay, well, they've got rocks in the head because there's no way that guy is worth $600,000. I can tell you. After watching him play, he's not worth a number three or four bloody pick if that's what's going to happen. It depends all on the secret herbs and spices and how much another club gives him, but can't see any clubs giving him anything north of uh, 600. You just said Jack Williams there. So, Dan, this is what I want. You, you brought up 60 inside 50s. Inside 50, we had 26 tackles in our inside 50, which is probably the highest we've had in like two or three years. And I reckon a lot of the result of that is Jack wins. If he doesn't make it, mark it, he brings it to the ground and he actually handballs it out quite a lot. Um, and I just thought, you know, this is kids 200 and some centimetres, 110 kilos, whatever. He's a big unit. And um, it's a good thing to have down forward, just say so, uh, Oscar can get around and go for the marks a bit. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. And it was one of those things where our smalls just caused havoc down there for them. You know, my pet peeve, and I've mentioned this before, is um, I hate when you get in and it just rebounds out so easily and so quickly. Uh, we made that hard for them. You know, the 24 tackles inside the 450 shows that. And um, they talked about it on the broadcast too, that it was our smalls were just all over him causing damage. I mean, you had Crips go to goal, as you said, you got... Petch get a goal, you know, you had Hunt get down there, get a goal. You had Noah Long down there, get a goal. It was the smalls that just, they didn't have a great matchup and they weren't doing great. Yeah, they had, they were really trying to lock down on the tools, but to me it was the smalls really doing the damage. Um, and, yeah, you got to give a shout-out to not one of our smalls, but especially in that first quarter, uh, Jack Darling too, 
getting most disposals and uh, being almost that link man and getting it in there. And I think that opened it up and it, it made more room for the smalls or uh, Jack Williams to bring it to ground or Ross Gallagher bring it to ground and then the smalls there because he's cleared out getting the ball into him. So, yeah, it was a gra- great to see. It was a different dynamic up forward and it, it seemed to work. You just said Jack Dunn. Oh, O'Neill, sorry. O'Neill, too, was another one that was up forward for a bit. It was another small that kicked the goal. It was just Hewitt as well kicked his goal when he wasn't in the midfield. You know, it was, it was, and they kept talking about it. So it was funny to see the smalls just have such impact on the scoreboard. Yeah, Jack Darlin, I think I sent you both a message before the game saying it's a game that you really need to stand up. And in that first quarter, it was like, it was great seeing him. He was all up the ground. Um, he sold some candy, um, set up a goal. Um, it was it was good to see him actually actually have a good outcome on the game, you know what I mean? Uh, he, he got tapered off towards the second half, but I think he spent a lot of petrol tickets in that first quarter. He was, well, I think it was 10, 10 disposals in the first quarter, and up with 18, he got a goal. Um, so it was good to see contributing, uh, players contributing all the way around the ground. I couldn't. You know, I thought everyone had a go, and I think, Wayne, you said um, Chesser and people that listen to this podcast know I've probably been a bit hesitant to uh, say how good this kid is going to be, but he showed some things there in the game where in the last four home games that I've noticed that he uh, he's starting to – used better decisions around the ground. He looked a lot lost earlier in the year and he's going to be a good find for us, especially if they keep playing him on the wing. So he was pretty good. But one guy that we have harped on about, and he had a great first quarter, but he went missing for the rest of the game, was Luke Edwards. How did you see that, Wayne? Yeah, agree. I, I, I thought the first quarter and a half he was playing really well. And then, yeah, I don't know whether he has a fitness issue or what, but then he seemed to drift out of the game. But, yeah, as you guys know, I've been a pretty good Big fan of him. When I watch him live, I always see him doing a lot of hard stuff on the ground. So, um, yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I think he's, look, he might be a kid that's just going to take a little bit longer. Could be a Mitchell White type who takes, who took, you know, Mitchell White took about four years to get going. I mean, he could be that type of player that's going to take that long to get going. So, um, yeah, I think, and I agree about Chess. I mean, Chess is an elite athlete. I mean, he was an he was a national he was a national uh, four hundred meter sprint champion. So you don't become that being just uh, a kid next door. He's he's an elite athlete, and I think he he's showing it again. He works hard in the packs too. He's not afraid to throw his body in there. And you always tell when someone worked hard, they come off. He's got a red face all the time, so he's busted his ass out there. That's for sure. Right, uh, before we get into the Eagles' better players for the, we'll go over them. Uh, North Melbourne, you know, you know they kept coming. They they scored a lot of their goals from stoppages, and they were up by had nineteen. They're up by nineteen at stoppages at half time until the Eagles got on top of them in the third quarter. But uh, out of you, uh, one goal, thirty disposals, eight clearances, five hundred sixty-six meters gains. Sheasel didn't really do much for me. Thirty-one disposals, four hundred fifty-six meters gained. A lot of them. Uh, you know, taken off from the goal. I think he had about eight or nine kick-ins from there, whatever it was. Um, so you take them off him. Uh, Curtis had that one good quarter, and he's damaging. The last time we played in round one, he, he sort of was a bit damaging again. He could have had five or six. Uh, Simkin, I didn't really notice too much, but he had, you know, six clearances. Uh, Goldstein had a great tussle with um, Bailey Williams, 
and uh, Jack Williams. So he ended up with 18 disposals, 22 hitouts, eight clearances, four inside 50s. And the person that probably got them back into the game is the disposal efficiency wasn't the greatest, but he had the most metres gained on the ground was young Scott, 583 metres gained, 24 disposals and free clearances off the half-back. So they were the better players for um, North Melbourne, I thought. Uh, you have any different views on that, boys? No, I agree. Um, I, think, I think they're pretty pretty tight. I think that's pretty close to the mark there. Yeah, I, I think LDU's just – he's just a cut above, really, for them, isn't he? He's just – this year he's become just a star uh, midfielder for him. Um and I do think he gives them a lot of the drive. And um, I heard comments like their drive came off the half back, but we touched on it. It was mainly their clearances for me. That's that's the one part they did dominate the game. Um, we were better on the outside. And, um, yeah, I thought uh, just, we haven't really touched on. Cripps had another good game. Um, he had 18 disposals, kicked a goal, had a crazy 11 tackles. And to me, he played on um, Scott. You know what I mean? No, he kicked two goals, sorry, didn't he? So, to me, you you don't want – yeah, you can add a bit of drive, like. but if you're a direct opponent opponent having 11 tackles, 18 disposals, kicking two goals, and he didn't make a distance of a couple, and having 300-something bloody 380 metres gained himself, as Wayne says, you've got to defend as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can get some of that loose ball and add some run. But yeah. you've lost the game and one of our better, you know, you say top three, top five players was your direct player and you're a defender. He, he was on Crips. I, I, and I'm hard on him because of that because I'm not saying he wasn't good or he didn't add drive because he clearly did. But when you're disposal efficiency is poorer than your direct opponent, when you're a backman and you let your opponent kick a couple goals, get that much of the ball, 11 tackles, that's massive. And I think he only he had like two or three clearances of himself, but uh, Crips did, because he just did not man up. Um, um, he wasn't a top. Yeah, so that that was all it. But, all yeah. the time, he was on Petrocelli mm-hmm. a bit as well. So there was a few. Uh, he, was, he was mainly on Cripps though, because they mentioned it. And Cripps was one that went up because he was allowed to go free. He's one you touched on earlier that uh, we added an extra man to the up on the ground on the clearances a bit. And I think that was Cripps because he was getting so much space yeah, for himself. Yeah. He just did what he liked. Yeah, it was he, he, and it was good. Good game there and. I sort of didn't really notice it too much alive, but once I watched it on TV on replay, you notice how um, effective he was with the tackling in around the stoppages, and especially in the third quarter when we got on top of the stoppages, he was actual that actual loose person coming up, adding an extra number. So that was pretty good. Um, we'll go to the Eagles now, guys. Uh, I had Tim Kelly best on ground. Only just had 26 disposal, seven clearances, six inside 56 score involvements, 510 metres gained. Um, I thought um, Hunt had another, he had a good game. He had a bad one last week. One goal, 25 disposals, nine score involvements, 421. Um, but Hearn, you know, he might not have got the chocolates in uh, stats wise, but the job he did on Larky was absolutely brilliant and he played his body. Uh, pushed him under the ball a lot and, you know, he, he probably won't get many people voting him for best on ground if they didn't know what actually what his role was. And I thought he was one of the best on grounds. As you mentioned, uh, Dan Cripps, two goals, 18 disposal, 11 tackles, 332 metres gain. And Darling, we briefly touched on, he had six marks, six tackles and a goal. So 
Yeah, they, they were the interesting ones. So, but we all come to the conclusion that the player of the round was uh, Bailey Williams. Uh, what do you think about that, boys? Anyone got his possessions in front of you? I've got uh, his possessions. I don't. No, go on, yeah, man. Yeah, sorry, go. No, go on. I don't. Just, just off the top of my head, he had, I think, 23 disposals, 24 hitouts. The thing for me was he had 18 contested possessions. And that's where I said to Wayne or, um, off air that uh, if you rewatch the game, watch how he was good. Because I gave him the cookies over um, Goldstein. And the bigger Ruckman are the ones that usually tell Bailey Williams up. But his ability to just fight it out in the context uh, in the contest and get that ball. And he took a few good, uh, I think he had, what, three, four, no, was it five marks? And a few of them were like nice contested marks, you know. To me, that's that's the all-a-game ruckman you want. You know, you want someone to take contested marks, a few tap-outs, but if you don't win tap-outs, go hard at the ball, get some clearances. And to me, that was him, 18 contested possessions. That was uh, Nick Nat's bread and butter. That's what made it, yeah, like he was a fancy tap ruckman, the best tap ruckman we've ever seen. But it was his contested ball winning ability and his clearances that made Nick Natter a beast. That was his asset. So if Williams can get around the ground better, which he does with 23 disposals, but then still have that contested ball winning ability, God, he could create such a good career for himself. Um, so I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that, but. Yeah, look, uh, 350 metres gained, seven intercepts, 10 pressure acts, four tackles, two rebound 50s, four inside 50s, six clearances, five marks, 24 hitouts, and as you said, 23 possessions. So you're pretty spot on there, Dan, to remember all that. Um, and he, uh, him and Goldstein ha- um, had exactly the same uh, number of hitouts to go, you know, where they went up, which was about 66, I think. And you know, Bailey Williams edged him out, I thought, uh, got on top of him. And it's good that you've got two Williams boys going up for the rucks. So I think we might have to start just calling them by the first names, Bailey and Jack, because it looks like a good combination going forward. And uh, Nick, Nat, sorry, buddy, but I don't think there's any ring for you next year. <laughs> what do you think, Wayne? <laughs> no, oh, Nick's got to retire. But, um, I, I, look, I gave, Bailey, I gave Bailey two votes. I gave Bunga top votes, but I'm a defender of two by trade in my days. I'm... But if you look at Bunga's efforts, I think he you, – you might have the stats there, was it? But I think he had about eight or ten marks. He had about uh, 18 to 20 possessions. Yeah, and he kept, kept lucky to one goal one, I think it was. Or, um, hey. And I think I think he had about eight intercept marks as well in the game. Yeah, I just, I just, the game was outstanding. It was just outstanding. Great leadership, it was and- at the start of the game, I'm sitting there looking at on the ground. I'm going, oh, hands on Larky. You know, this could get away from us here. And at half time, I'm still sitting there going, ah, that they're doing good. Larky was bringing it, you know, hand worked him body to body. So worked, worked him under the ball and, and it worked in our favour. But, you know, um, it could have gone the other way. But it, the experiment worked. Um, young Bezo got subbed out. So when I was at the ground, just noticing he just got pushed off the ball so so easy, and I think his decision making just he needs to work on that and you know bulking up that body. He's a young guy, as you said, off there, Dan. Um, but it was a technical sub, and they bought Elliot Yo in. Uh, apparently, Yo was going to come in at halftime regardless. So 
um, Bazza just had to make way because he was probably getting exploited up front, especially in that second quarter. Uh, what, how did you view that, Dan? Yeah, well, I'm not hard on Bazza. He's a teenage kid, was it? We're talking about a 19-year-old kid that's full back. Yeah. Like, we He's couldn't be seeing Bazza. In, yeah, but in a realistic world, we wouldn't be seeing Bazza right now. Yeah. You'd have Barras and you'd have Gov there and even Harry Edwards, who's got a couple of seasons on him, you know. Okay. We're only seeing him because we're so depleted down back, you know what I mean? And I thought he actually had a good, you know, two quarters. I know it was just slightly under, to be honest. I liked what I see, saw from him. Um, it, I find he's trying to do play an intercepting game. And, yeah, he hasn't got size on him, but that, that'll come. That's that's when, you've yeah. got a, when you're a teenage boy, you not haven't got that mature body. Um, but the play to me, please tell me, is the NAB Rising Star out yet, was it? Wow. No. Does anyone know? No. no? Not yet. It's got to be Hewitt. It's got to be Hewitt. 21 disposals and a goal, and that was a beautiful out-of-the-clearance kind of goal. I'm, I'm hoping it's him because, you know, I staked my reputation on three NAB Rising Star noms this year, and we're stuck on two, and we have been for quite some time. <laughs> and surely that's the week Hewitt gets it, you know what I mean? Like, um, so out of all the kids, he's the one I've always been vocal on and highest on. And, um, yeah, a lot of people are jumping on that train I'm hearing now too. They're starting to notice him and – Maybe things don't look so bad with all the young kids there, you know what I mean? Like six months ago or three months ago, they were bloody saying we're in dive traits. We've got no young talent. The list isn't there yet. And it's like, well, they're there. you just got to look close, you know. I yeah, a quick one on. Now, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't come out yet, so um, you, you would oh, wait. Um, he didn't get it. He didn't get it, mate. <laughs> Who got it? Mac Andrew from uh, Suns got it today. Mac Andrew had fourteen disposals, seven marks, three three contested, six intercepts. So he got it, which I find that yeah, I'd find that weird. But anyway, that's the way it goes. So unfortunately, just- suck on two down eight. There's always are. Uh, we've got four more rounds left. Mm-hmm. If he keeps playing what he did, the thing I noticed about him, he's got a lot of confidence and he backs himself and. Um, it showed. He, he's so powerful out of stoppages. It's unbelievable. So if he can get on the ball and read it like that, that goal he got was exquisite. Um, could have had two more actually. So uh, look, I think I think I've heard a few people say that um, they rate him higher than uh, Ruben Jimby. So he's showing that we've got well, we're in Jimby and Hewitt and Long, just three picks out of that draft are doing pretty good. So and we got Vergil uh, to come in in on and Barnett to come in on that. So there's only – it's looking like a good draft so far. So if we can pick up something like that in this year's draft, it's going to be interesting. Hey, boys, a bit on just on Bazo, I, 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 look, I rate him really high because I, when I watched him last year, he had Tom with him and he also had McGovern. So when he came in, he came in with those guys playing there as well. Yep. So he had players and he was obviously the third backman. This year, he's come in and, look, he's had a horrendous year. Let's face it, he's lost his mum. He lost his dad some years, a few years back there. So he's got, he's only got his sister now So he's and, and his whatever other close family has. So he's, you know, he missed about six to eight weeks of that on that part. So he, he wouldn't have had the, the same conditioning that he had. So I think, I think once he gets through this year, he'll get through pre-season, he'll put on some weight. I think he's going to be a really good player for us. I think he'll be he'll come through better than most people think because I think 
once he gets past, I mean, that's a big thing for a, a eighteen year old kid, nineteen year old kid. You lose your mum like that, and it's spread, and and also it's spread all over the the newspapers and all the news and everything. And there was, there's been a there's been a trial case, I think, or a, a, a what do you call it, a court court searing how it all happened. What do they call those? Um, yeah. Can't think of them now. Yeah, it's, so it's that must must be a lot on a young boy's young boy's head there and shoulders. So I think past this year he'll get better. He'll be in a better space of mind. It'll all go away hopefully, and he'll only have the great memories of his mum and his dad. And then he can um, and hopefully he'll focus and he'll get he'll be a much better player. You just said well said, Wayne. You said you just said it then. Gov Barras he had those key key backs in there, so he wasn't that key backman so um and you know you can learn off those guys so i don't i wasn't critical i just thought he was the obvious person to sub out if it went off at the ground and um i just thought you know that's the way it went and he's got like i said he's 19 18 19 so um we had another few people like him into the back line and our future is going to be good um you look there's another who was it um i want to ask dan this because I want to see how you viewed his game because I know he's your favourite and he got a goal and um, he ended up with 13 disposals and uh, four marks, five tackles, And but he was tagging and he was tagging out of you for most of the game. How did you view um, O'Neill's game? Um, oh, he did just his role, basically. He didn't do much. I don't think he really hard tagged. Yeah, I know he moved on him later, but you watched. I think Sheed and UDL went to head to head more. To be honest, um, if you watch the replay, I saw him lining up in the goal square, like O'Neill. So to me, that was random. I thought he was another one where it's my pet peeve that you know, and I get victim of circumstance. But I thought he played more in the forward line than he did in the midfield. To be honest, um, but let's be honest, he didn't. Even if it was tagged in the first half, UDL was their best player. So you can't give him the cookies there. But I think they did alternate between Sheed and well, and O'Neill. Um, I just thought he I actually thought he played pretty good. I just wanted to see your view. Because I think his kicking is elite. It's um his his decision making is very good as well. Um you just said Sheed. I don't think Sheed goes on anyone, honestly. What watching him at the game, he never picks up anyone. He's always guarding space. Um and maybe that's his role. He's always pointing at other people to pick up players. And in in the outer, he gets a lot of abuse for that. But I think that's his role to fill in the holes, fill in the space. And maybe, I don't know, I, I just thought Sheed was pretty good. He got a lot of the ball at, uh, in the halfback line, which was a bit, bit different for Sheed because he's usually better and that forward of the ball. So that was just my view at the game. Um, but, you know, like I said, you, you can go through that. There's one guy that probably didn't get mentioned at all and I thought he played pretty good was Tommy Cole. Uh, how did you see his game, Wayne? Yeah, I know. He's really come. He's And this is a benefit too of someone who's come off a bad injury and has had a really good training. Like he's virtually done another full preseason before he's come back into the year again. So he's, he's I mean, He's he's been a bit of a whipping boy for a lot of people in our club, but I've always, I mean, I know you have too. Was I've always rated him highly. I mean, after that 2018 grand final, I I couldn't rate him any higher than that. When he got, yeah. you know, two or three goals kicked on him in the first five minutes, and then he kept the guy um, kickless for the rest of the game and helped us win that win that grand final. So 
I just think he gives us dash, he gives us run, he's strong, he's tough. He can play on a player and he can run off a player. So I rate him super high and I'm glad he's back in and I think he's gonna um he's gonna add another dimension to our running game. I know at the ground, um I gotta stop looking at the app for times because there was um when we had that ball in the last minute and a half, the app's about 10, 15 seconds behind the, the live the live game, and I thought, oh, shit, we're closing the game down too early, but we, we had a nerve and we stuck out for a five-point win, and as you said, Dan, we hopefully don't win another one. Now we've got to just hope that North Melbourne don't get smashed by any big, big uh, margins because I think we we made 4% up on that game, winning it, so which was more than I thought we would even for a five-point loss, a win. But um, hopefully we can keep that round one. And um, I don't know how you're thinking about that now, Dan, but do you think we traded or what? Is anyone worth it? Oh, well, <laughs> every single player, every single pick, everything is always tradable. But it's just what you can get now. And um, you guys would know this very well. I'm always doing my fantasy trades, my fake trades, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, they, it changes weekly. The way the ladder is this year, it's crazy. The picks are just changing. Um, and I think now if there was a trade with pick one, it's not going to be a simple trade anymore. It's going to be a multi-club trade, I think. Gold Coast are willing to part with their pick for points. So if they can get the pick added to another team's, early picks to trade for our pick one, you know, things like that. So that's the only way I think it could be traded. But there's not enough players now, uh, not enough teams that have low enough picks because the main contender was GWS. At one stage that was five, six and possibly seven. Then that's now gone. They're now, you know, fifth on the ladder. Um, Melbourne look like top four teams. So their picks, even though they've got Frios, doesn't look great. So, yeah, the only reason – Way I could see, honestly, us trading pick one right now is for a multi-club trade, similar yeah. to the mega trade from last year. That's the only way I could see it get done. Um, but if we do nothing this mid-season, that isn't actually the end of the world because no. by finishing last, we have a good pick. We got our pick one, got pick 19, got two second rounds and three third rounds. If we just sit back and say, look, we're just going to take the picks. That's where we're in such a good position. I would still like them to be aggressive and go for Gold Coast picks. I would still like to say, yes, I love Barras, but he has got collateral. But Sydney's another one that they're finishing higher on the ladder. So yeah. suddenly their first-round pick's not looking as desirable. That's got to be a top-ten pick at least and, and hopefully a low one, you know, five, six, seven, you would yeah. accept. Um, so, yeah, it's an ever-changing landscape, that for, that's for sure. Wayne, do you think Barras is gone? I always say where there's smoke, there's fire. There's too much smoke there for me. And uh, it sounds like – and he's, it's just what his manager said too, is that you never say never. He said, oh, no, he's happy here and he's all – and he's, look, he's obviously just a new baby in that. But then his manager said, so, but you never know. You never know what might happen. You never say never. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of talk there that behind the scenes what's happening. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think – Sydney be putting the pressure on because I, I can't see Paddy McCartan coming back to play football, and that's why they'd be chasing him. Yeah. 
Um, I've heard some few, few little whispers, but I'll wait for a bit further more intel. I'll discuss that with you boys off there, and maybe we will report on it next week. Um, look, we, we, we take on Essendon next week. We're going to talk about that more and bounce down, but, you know, that, that, that win, as good as it was, and, you know, the club needed it, the fans needed it. You could tell Simo needed it in the, uh, at the end of the game. He was a bit, bit emotional. So, um, as long as we can be competitive in the last four games going into pre-season, um, that's all you can hope for. And, yeah, you know, let's hope. <laughs> like I said, uh, destiny is in our hands, isn't it? So, you know, you can have number one pick, you can have number two pick, you get to pick the right person with it. So um, thanks for joining us today, guys. Um, get get us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, go to Linktree there, download all the shows from there. And, um, guys, we'll meet again later on in the week for Bounce Down, eh? Yeah, we'll do. That's the plan. All right, guys. Uh, until then, uh, enjoy uh, the footy, and hopefully uh, we can see what comes up in the next couple of weeks and see where we go from there. Go, Eagles.